So we've made it through the holidays. Odds are uh, most of us are feeling kind of bloated. Maybe we're constipated. We're tired. We're moody because everything got thrown off, right? So if we were traveling, you know, our routines got thrown off. Our sleep was thrown off. We're eating differently than we usually do. So this is to be expected. So how can we get ourselves back to feeling good? And I would say my number one thing for people would be um, ensuring that you're having your regular regular bowel movements. If you're not going a full, complete bowel movement that's effortless and painless once at least once a day, that needs to be your main priority first. Because a lot of us will, you know, be hard on ourselves and be like, oh, I gained five pounds or I'm so bloated and, and be very self-conscious about how we're looking or feeling about our bodies after the holidays. But don't jump to that conclusion if you are not having regular bowel movements, okay? So number one, getting your bowels back on track. What can we do with that? So first off, if you are having, um, you know, foods that you know you're sensitive to, we got to get back to cutting those out again. So if you're sensitive to gluten and you know that, or you're sensitive to dairy and you've been having that throughout the holidays, it's time to get back to your previous habits and cut those out. Um, Number two would be, pun intended, number two, (laughs) obviously getting enough fiber and enough fluids. Those are the main things that we need to keep our bowels regular. And a lot of us don't get enough fiber. We want fiber from a variety of sources. So sometimes a doctor might recommend, oh, just take some Metamucil or have some brand cereal or something. But a lot of people don't do well with those sources of fiber, especially if you have a sensitive gut. So you want to reach more likely for well-cooked vegetables, um, typically ones that might be more lower FODMAP. So these are foods that are not as fermentable in the gut. And that includes things like green beans and carrots, parsnips, um, peas, uh, trying to think what else. There's certain vegetables that are better tolerated and usually the better cooked they are, the more easier it is to digest. And then things like fruits as well. Avocados are really high in fiber, um, brown or wild rice, oatmeal, um, root veggies with the skins on. All of these things are going to have fiber that will help you to, um, stay regular. And it, Part of that is the bulking of the stool, but the other part is that it's literally feeding the healthy bacteria in your gut that reduce inflammation and keep everything functioning optimally in there. The third thing you can try if you do well with fermented foods, and some people do, some people don't, but if you do feel good when you eat fermented foods like yogurt, whether that's cow's yogurt or uh, vegan yogurt, Uh, kimchi, sauerkraut, pickles, but true ferments, the ones that are just made, uh, you know, the ingredient would be water, salt, and spices. There's no vinegar added. They're usually in the refrigerated section at the store. These have naturally occurring probiotics, acids, and enzymes that optimize your gut health and allow you to have better bowel movements. One of the most common things that people often overlook when it comes to bowel movements is the role of stress and anxiety. So for many of us, the holiday season is very stressful. I'd say pretty much for all of us, right? There's a lot of pressure. We're always rushing around. Maybe, you know, family can trigger us or make us feel um, a little stressed or on edge. And so that in itself, like even if you were eating really well, eating lots of fiber and drinking your water and doing all the things, Just that stress itself is enough to throw off your bowel movements. 
So obviously getting back, you know, back to home and back to your routine is helpful. But if you're still feeling like you can't, um, you're not regular with your bowel movements, I really encourage you to do some work with your nervous system. So that means things like deep belly breathing, maybe some meditation, some yoga, some stretching, um, even things like singing that activates your vagus nerve, humming. Um, These are things that when you are shifting your nervous system from that fight or flight stress state where digestion is shut down and into this relaxed parasympathetic rest and digest state, that's where digestion occurs. And part of digestion obviously is your bowel movements, right? So when you're in that more relaxed state, it's much easier for your body to have effortless bowel movements. So that's a lo- uh, one of the big reasons that in general, when people travel, especially if there's someone that's a little bit more anxious or nervous or doesn't like change in their life, doesn't do well with change, um, traveling in general can often cause constipation or bowel changes for people. And that's one of the reasons why. You're listening to the Fix Your Gut podcast, a podcast that empowers you to understand why you have gut issues and what to do about it. After over 20 years of suffering with IBS, migraines, and chronic fatigue, I decided to take matters into my own hands and I became a nutritionist so I could not only heal myself, but heal others that were struggling like me. Odds are you're here because you're stuck. Your doctor couldn't help and you've already tried cutting out foods and probiotics. So now what? You don't have to suffer anymore. You can heal your gut. We're going to go beyond diet and supplements to empower you with the knowledge you need to achieve deep, lasting healing and finally enjoy food again and get your life back. Before we dive into the episode, I just want to clarify um, that I do want to touch on both diets in terms of uh, people wanting to lose weight. So often people are gaining weight from the holidays and, you know, part of their New Year's resolution might be to lose a few pounds. So while that's not my focus, I do work with a lot of women who are in midlife and are finding it hard to um, lose weight or keep the weight off. And it just seems to be piling on, even though they're eating the same and maybe doing the same movement. And so any extra things at the holidays, sometimes this can result in weight gain. And so I don't want to touch specifically on that in this episode, but more likely we're focusing on um, why you shouldn't dive into a specific gut healing diet like low FODMAP or gluten-free or whatnot, and kind of self-prescribe that diet to yourself, or even like a cleanse in an effort to just feel better after the holidays, right? You want to feel lighter and less bloated and have more energy and have less gut pain. But the way to do that is not by one of these crash cleanses or diets or, you know, trying something like low FODMAP. It's by working with a practitioner to figure out what exactly you need to do to move the needle on your gut healing journey. And oftentimes it doesn't even require a very strict diet. It's more specific, small changes along with other things like supplements and lifestyle changes that make the biggest difference. So before we dive in, I also just will say that um, don't fall prey to all the marketing that is going on at this time of year. It's very tempting because, you know, there's going to be cleanses and programs that guarantee you success or that make you feel like, you know, all you have to do is take this pill and you'll lose weight or your bloating will go away. But 
if you're here, I'm hoping that you're here because you've tried a bunch of things already and you're understanding and coming to terms that things like weight loss as well as gut healing are not an overnight thing. And they're a complex issue where just taking a pill or just doing a specific diet is not going to be enough. So we are going to talk about a few other factors in this episode that can help you feel good in order to hit some of your healing goals without having resort to a strict, ridiculous cleanse or fad diet. So without further ado, let's dive in. I really want to talk about New Year's resolutions and New Year's diets and cleanses and resets. We're all very tempted to do something like this after the holidays because we've all been indulging more than usual. And we might be feeling kind of gross. We might be feeling bloated, tired, foggy. Maybe you feel like you've gained some weight. But remind yourself, first of all, that food is meant to be enjoyed. Second of all, if you feel like you've gained weight, it may actually literally be constipation because a lot of us get constipated when we change our diet to more carbs and processed foods and sugar and less fiber. And um, it could also be bloating. So before we jump to conclusions and think, oh my God, I've gained 10 pounds over the holidays. I've been so bad. I've eaten all this bad food when we shouldn't really be labeling food as good or bad anyway, because that promotes guilt and this kind of vicious cycle of, you know, clean eating and then binging on junk, right? I really want to encourage you to look at the new year as a chance to just simply get back into your healthy habits. Or if that's not something you had prior to the holidays, a chance to look at what are some healthy habits that I can try that will be sustainable for me. So instead of, uh, for example, you know, trying to cut out sugar completely, say I'm going to do a, you know, sugar free for 30 days. Instead, challenge yourself to cut out processed foods and processed sugar, right? So stop buying cookies and candies and cakes and things at the store, but instead allow yourself to, you know, if you make a homemade muffin with a bit of brown sugar or maple syrup in it, that's okay. If you make some homemade pancakes with some maple syrup on it, that's okay. Having fruit, definitely okay, because yes, there's natural sugar in it, but you're also getting lots of fiber and nutrients. So reminding yourself that when it comes to things like sugar, not all sugars are equal and give yourself some grace because especially after the holidays, a lot of us are feeling off or down. The days are dark. We might be, um, you know, just not feeling ourselves. So we will tend to keep reaching for those sweets because it's become a habit. Our gut bacteria have shifted due to the sugar increase in our diet and are kind of making us crave more sugars. You probably also have leftover treats at home. And so you are going to be having more than usual for the next little while. But instead of trying to cut that out completely or beat yourself up for having these treats, I challenge you to, again, like allow yourself to have more natural or homemade uh, foods with sugars, natural sugars in it, and focus on foods that you want to increase instead, right? So if you fill yourself up and you stay full throughout the day with healthy meals, you're way less likely to have cravings for indulgent foods. So you may be much, much easier to have just one cookie instead of going and having three or four or five cookies, right? 
So that means making sure you're getting enough protein throughout the day. You're bumping up your fruits and your vegetables again, right? You may have had a little less than usual over the holidays, but start getting back into that routine of half your plate veggies at lunch and dinner, and then having a fruit or veggie with every snack throughout the day as well. And if you can add a fruit or veggie or both to your breakfast, that's awesome as well. But just making these simple shifts, and if this is all new to you and you're kind of finding it overwhelming, thinking, oh my God, there's so many things I should change about my diet. Literally just pick one. So maybe for you, that's eating more vegetables. Just pick that and focus on that for about three weeks until that becomes a habit. It's something that you hardly have to think about. Once you have that down, pick your next goal. So maybe your next goal is to make sure you're getting protein throughout the day. So that's meat and nuts and seeds and beans and lentils um, and you know, soy-based products and things like that. Because having that helps balance your blood sugar, reduce cravings, boost your mood, energy, metabolism. So just making it really simple for yourself and setting yourself up for success. Because when we you know, kick ourselves into these cleanses or resets or these challenges, you know, of, you know, 30 days, no sugar or whatever it may be. A lot of them are so very extreme and they're really hard to do, especially if you're still, you know, really tired or burnt out from the holidays or you struggle with um, low mood during the winter. It's really hard to sustain these things. And then we end up beating ourselves up for not quote unquote, staying on track or falling off the wagon, right? So really set yourself up for success and really congratulate yourself for every single small step that you take along the way. So even if you're trying to eat more veggies, but you've only did it, you only did um, extra veggies, you know, two out of five days this week. That's okay. That's better than last week, right? So really celebrate the small wins. And the other thing I want to talk about today too is... Um, I've designed this program to include the crucial missing link that so many practitioners and programs miss, the mind-body connection and the important regulating of your nervous system. So if you're ready to take charge of your health, get your body back, stop fearing food and feel confident and sexy in your skin, then it's time to join us inside the Fix Your Gut formula. Take advantage of our New Year's sale, 25% off, but only until January 13th. Link is in the show notes. On my gut healing journey, I had tried everything from the extreme gut healing diets and cleanses, handfuls of supplements, and I still was struggling with symptoms after decades of trying to heal. I wish someone had told me earlier that it was fear that was keeping me stuck. Let me explain. A few years back, I had hit a really low point and I had made a few newer friends who were into more kind of woo-woo things like meditation, breath work, qigong, and mindfulness practices. Stuff that as a sciencey person, I used to think was just complete baloney, but there is science to it. And the more I hung out with them and started to open my mind to trying some of these practices, and the more I started to regularly incorporate them into my daily routine, the better I felt. It was actually helping me heal 
And my energy came back. My gut got better. I started tolerating more foods, had less bloating. I even started sleeping better. I was happier and way less anxious. I started to feel like myself again for the first time in maybe decades. But looking back now, I realized the real reason I was stuck with my gut healing for so long was because my body was stuck in survival mode. The burnout that I had put myself through between school and working three jobs and starting a business and like a lot of other significant life changes caused real physical changes in my gut, including my gut microbiome. And yes, that needed to be addressed. So, you know, doing all the things with diet and supplements, but doing that alone just wasn't enough for me to feel better. In order to really heal, I had to add on those daily healthy habits and nervous system practices that allowed me to shift my body out of a survival mode and into what I call a rest and digest or healing state. And that is where the magic happened. From there, my healing took off and I have been feeling so much better than I ever have before. And it happened quite quickly too. So I want to share my story to highlight a truth that many other gut healing practitioners just simply don't address. That gut healing is not as simple as just fixating on healing the gut itself with diet and supplements. It actually requires a whole mind-body approach. And the thing is that gut healing, you know, it requires healthy habits and actual long-term sustainable change. It's not meant to be a short-term diet, cleanse, or reset. And building these healthy habits actually takes time. And like other habits, it can be hard, right? So this is the number one reason that people get stuck and frustrated with gut healing because change is hard and we have to change quite a bit of our habits and lifestyle. So this is when it it came to me that, you know, doing sessions one-on-one with people wasn't quite enough. I realized that I needed to put something together that would like give people daily motivation, engagement, and encouragement to remind them to check in with their body and slowly build these healthy habits, including nervous system regulation habits that were going to allow them to heal their gut faster so they could actually break free of that chronic bloating and gut issues and those restrictive diets and get their life back. So something that I decided to add into my existing course, the Fix Your Gut Formula, before I make a special announcement, um, kind of going back to my signature program, Fix Your Gut Formula, originally started out as, you know, okay, a step-by-step guide to healing your gut by focusing on the four R's of gut healing, uh, very specific changes we make with diet and supplements, and some lifestyle things like sleep and stress um, to help you you know, balance out your gut, especially your gut microbiome. But I realized the longer I worked with people that I needed to start adding more to that that program. So I started adding more videos and content on the mind-body connection, including mindset, mental health, and other nervous system practices like deep breathing and yoga. Because I realized that to truly heal your gut, you have to find balance and not just balance with, you know, the things you're eating, but with your mind and your body and kind of learning to tune into and listen to and honor your body's needs. So you can really shift out of that survival mode and into a healing state. So when I had these practices in there, I noticed that people were getting a lot more out of the program. And so the whole point of that program was to really inspire people to make these long-term sustainable changes, not just with their diet and specific supplements, but changing certain things about their lifestyle that allowed them to heal faster and get off the restrictive diets and finally get rid of bloating. 
So fast track another year or so. And I'm realizing that while this course, the Fixer Gut Formula has been really helpful for a lot of my clients, a lot of them will purchase it and then they just don't end up using it. And that's because, um, you know, you have the best intentions, you want to eat better, you want to heal your gut, but life happens sometimes and you know, you're doing well and maybe you quote unquote fall off the wagon or you just forget about the course, you don't have time or you're feeling too stressed. You have the best intentions, but you just don't get around to it. And I see this all the time with my clients. They're doing so well and then something happens, you know, a loved one gets sick or they get sick and they kind of fall off the wagon and then they get stuck in this vicious cycle of they're not sleeping well, they have more anxiety, they're craving more carbs, they're just not doing the things and they're more tired and they're not cooking. They're not doing the things that are foundational habits to keep them moving forward with their gut healing. And so their gut symptoms come back or they worsen and they start to blame the food, but really there's so much more going on as to why they're reaching for these comfort foods. So I realized in working with people that we need something that's more than just a course. We need an app because apps are what we use day to day that keep us engaged, right? They send us notifications. They're prompting us to check in and see what the latest updates are. It's prompting us to like learn and log in and use these modules and these resources that are there for us. So that's when I realized I needed to build an app and I am putting together the Fix Your Gut app. It's going to be coming out 2024. And so I wanted to share with you a very exclusive promotion. If you purchase the Fix Your Gut formula, my signature program, before February 10th, you will get free access to the new Fix Your Gut app once it is launched in 2024. Stay tuned for the date. And I have some really exciting new features. So yes, you get all of the features of the course inside the app, but you also get symptom tracking, discussion boards, and a chance to do one-on-one -on -one messaging coaching with myself. But the most exciting thing is my friend Linda Staludi is going to be joining me and she is a gut-centered hypnotherapist. I know that sounds a little woo-woo, but if you research gut-centered hypnotherapy, um, and there's certain apps that are already out there that are focused on this because there is so much clinical evidence and proof that it helps by helping to regulate the gut-brain connection, it's very, very effective. So I'm really excited for her to be putting some gut-centered hypnotherapy um, lessons on there, but we're also going to be adding some daily affirmations and other amazing tools from Linda as well. So a reminder that if you do purchase a Fix Your Gut formula before February 10th, you will get free access to the app when it launches. And I'm really, really excited for you to check it out. One of the most common things I get people to do when we're working together is increase their fiber intake. Most people are not getting enough fiber in their diet. The goal that I give to people is about 30 grams per day. And the average person probably doesn't know what 30 grams looks like, but we're gonna give some examples in this episode. But the first thing I wanna let you know is that if you've been following a certain diet and avoiding certain foods that are higher in fibers because they give you gut symptoms, starting to add in more high fiber foods on your own, you may actually experience more gas, more bloating, more gut issues. That doesn't mean that those foods are not right for you and that you should never eat them again. What it means is that we have to dig deeper and resolve the likely uh, bacterial imbalances or overgrowth in the gut before you're able to tolerate these high fiber foods. And 
So don't let that deter you. If you're trying to eat, you know, eat healthier and you're finding that a lot of these healthy foods, you know, you're having more broccoli or onions, or you're trying to have beans or whole grains, and they're really not sitting well for you, please do book a meet and greet session with me. And I'll help you kind of get some clarity in this complimentary session to understand like it's not the food itself. It's more likely your gut bacteria and the exact steps that we can do together to get you to a place where you can tolerate these foods. So oftentimes we might have to start with adding more fiber very slowly and adding very specific fibers that are more tolerable for you. And that does look different for everyone, but usually that's more low FODMAP options, which I mentioned uh, in this episode in another spot as well. But I want to kind of give you some ideas of what that might look like and common things that I encourage my clients to try. So instead of just being overwhelmed by, oh, I have to eat more fiber, but fiber doesn't agree with me. Let's look at some concrete ideas of what you could try. So when you're having your eggs in the morning, if you're someone who has eggs, you can easily add some leftover roasted veggie. So what I encourage people to do is make a large pan of roasted veggies every week and use those leftovers in eggs, on salads, in wraps, or as a heated up as a side. Um, and that could be something like mushrooms, zucchini, peppers, onions, um, anything that you tolerate well, just roast it all up with some spices and oil, makes it nice and caramelized and sweet and delicious, and it makes you more likely to eat more veggies. So you can add it to your eggs. Um, you can heat it up in leftovers. You could make a bowl with it. So like a quinoa veggie bowl, maybe with some leftover chicken or a boiled egg. And um, just in general, aiming to have half your plate at lunch and dinner of cooked veggies. I always encourage cooked veggies because people that have chronic gut issues often don't do well with raw veggies. There are some that are better tolerated than others, but as a general rule, I encourage people to stick with mostly cooked veggies because they're easier to digest and less likely to cause issues. It's also, um, you know, seasonal eating is quite important. And so in the winter, we always want to try to have more warming, easy to digest uh, foods like soups and stews and well-cooked things. So raw veggies are not great in the winter. The other thing here that I want to touch on, especially if you are someone who has to eat gluten-free or maybe you're vegetarian or vegan, if you have a, a restricted diet already, being very um, cautious and very aware of are you getting enough fiber and are you getting enough variety of foods? So for example, if you go gluten-free or you have to be gluten-free, that's fine, but make sure you're doing it right. Make sure you're getting enough fiber from like oatmeal and brown or wild rice, quinoa, um, beans and lentils if you tolerate those, fruits and veggies, nuts and seeds. Simply going gluten-free and replacing, you know, pasta cereal bread with gluten-free pasta cereal bread it's actually going to be worse off for you and you're probably going to feel worse because um, a lot of conventional products are fortified with vitamins, but also have added fiber. Whereas a lot of gluten-free products or versions of the same product, like a cereal, for example, or bread are mostly starch, very little nutrients, very little, if any fiber. And so it's not getting you any fiber content. You're not getting the same nutrients you would in a conventional wheat-based product. 
So not saying you should never have gluten-free bread, but rather find one that has more fiber and also be sure to not just lean on those processed foods as your main source of carbs, but rather as a sometimes food and making sure your carb sources are coming more from whole foods like um, the things I just mentioned. So oats and quinoa and avocados and veggies and fruits and things like that. I work with a lot of women who struggle with um, either leaning towards foods for comfort eating, which we all do sometimes, myself included, or they just get very strong cravings, especially at certain times of the month or when you know they've had a hard day. And that's totally normal. But I want to empower you to, um, instead of trying to go on willpower alone, which nobody has great willpower, set yourself up for success and have less cravings and make it easier to reach for healthy foods by structuring your lifestyle and doing the things that make you feel good so that it's much easier to reach for those foods. Okay, so that didn't really make sense. So I'll explain. What I mean by that is, number one, getting good quality and enough sleep. When you're well-rested, it's much easier to reach for healthy choices. When you're not rested and you're tired, your body reaches for carbs in an effort to both boost your mood and energy because it knows that that's a quick, easy way to boost those things. But then there's the side effects, right? So if you eat a lot of uh, processed and sugary foods, you're going to feel gross after. You're going to crash. You're going to feel tired. It may make your gut feel worse. But if you get your sleep, it's easier to reach for those healthy choices. Mental health is another big one. I do work with a lot of clients that struggle with their mental health, and this has been part of my healing journey too. And while I'm not a mental health professional, I do encourage people to do certain self-care practices, nervous system regulation practices, and importantly, empowering them to understand several factors that affect mental health that we can control. So that is sleep, huge one. Um, movement, so moving your body is one of the best ways to boost your mood. And um, eating to balance your blood sugar. So if you're not balancing your blood sugar throughout the day, you're going to get mood dips. These three things are extremely crucial for mental wellness. And when you're in a better place mentally, as I'm sure many of you have experienced, again, it's much easier to reach for those healthier options, right? You're more likely to have the motivation to make a healthy dinner rather than order takeout. You're more likely to reach for an apple and some nuts as a snack rather than a chocolate chip cookie, right? Not to say you should never have those things, but also understanding that your gut bacteria directly impact your mood. So if you're having these cravings, you're giving into the cravings quite often or having large portions of these, you know, sugary type foods that actually feed the bad bacteria and yeasts and other microbes in your gut. We know that these bad microbes actually worsen mental health. So it becomes this vicious cycle where you're craving the food because you're feeling down or tired, you eat the food, and then the food actually feeds the bad bacteria that worsens your mood. So we really have to do the things that help us feel good. So get your sleep, get in your movement, surround yourself with people that support you and love you, and eat to balance your blood sugar. When we have all these factors, going for us, it's much, much easier to have the energy and the motivation to do things like meal prep and to reach for healthier choices. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about bloating. 
things that cause bloating, because I know for a lot of us, after having a lot of indulgences over the holidays, um, we may be dealing with a lot of bloating and feeling kind of self-conscious in our clothes. And we just want to be able to wear what we want without feeling self-conscious, right? And so oftentimes, first of all, as women, we start panicking that we've gained a bunch of weight when really it's either constipation or bloating. And so we really have to figure that out first before we jump to conclusions and, you know, oh, I have to go keto. I have to cut out sugar. You know, I've gained weight. Let's take a step back and say, could this be constipation? If not, could it be bloating? It's definitely bloating if you are someone who's been having gut issues for quite a while and you find that you have to avoid a number of foods, especially things that are fermentable foods like broccoli, garlic, onions, apples, and when you have those foods, you get very gassy and bloated. So all that to say, if you get bloated easily in general, odds are that the indulgences you had over the holidays have made you bloated and it's less likely to be weight gain. So what you need to do then is, okay, go back to the foods that don't typically make you bloated. But I want to remind you that just because you're avoiding certain foods and your bloat has gone away, doesn't mean your gut has healed, right? If you have to avoid many foods, there's an underlying issue, often your gut bacteria, that needs to be addressed in order to bring those foods back in. Because those foods are such healthy foods and we need those for our overall health and for the health of our gut microbiome, it's really crucial that you don't just continue to avoid them in order to avoid bloating, right? So yes, when you're trying to reintroduce some of these foods, if you have been avoiding them for a while, you probably will get some extra gas and bloating. So a few things that you can do to help manage that. Number one would be peppermint. That's always my number one go-to. Peppermint tea or peppermint capsules. Um, If you have chronic heartburn, peppermint is not a good choice for you. Otherwise, definitely go with peppermint. Um, You can try a peppermint capsule called IB Guard that can be found at most drugstores. And it's a micro-encapsulated peppermint where it's less likely to cause um, burping or heartburn. Really, really effective for pain, cramping, gas, bloating, all kinds of gut issues. The second thing would be um, ginger. Um, So these are all carminative herbs. So peppermint, ginger, chamomile, um, even lavender, thyme. These are all herbs that help expel excess gas and kind of ease the gut, uh, the contractions of the gut. So they're going to help you feel better, get rid of the gas and have less bloating. The other thing is you want to make sure that you are eating slowly and chewing thoroughly and not eating when you're distracted. So making sure that you're eating with no distractions, slowly chewing and making sure that you get things properly digested. Even if you're doing all that, you may still get gas and bloating. And that's really common because a lot of people are low in stomach acid and digestive enzymes. So if you don't start to break down your food in your stomach and your small intestine, as it moves further along in your intestines, your gut bacteria will start fermenting it. And that's where the gas and bloating comes from. So we really have to make sure that we have the digestive power in the upper gut to start breaking those foods down and not end up having it being fermented in the gut. So that's where something like a digestive enzyme, a really high quality enzyme with stomach acid, which is called HCL on the bottle, um, pancreatic enzymes and bile is really great option. And if you're not sure which brand, um, always feel free to reach out and ask me or we can uh, talk within a meet and greet session. 
you'll notice that online there's a lot of probiotics that are marketed uh, for chronic gut issues. So when you're doing your research or looking around, you're probably going to come upon many different probiotics. And yes, there's a lot of um, research to prove that probiotics are helpful. However, again, if it's the wrong time or the wrong type of probiotic, it could make you feel worse, more gas, more bloating, more heartburn. So it's really about timing and the right type of probiotic for you. So it's really difficult to say within a podcast because it is very personalized as to what type of probiotic would be best for you. In general, people that have chronic constipation do better with um, a bifido-based probiotics. These are bifidobacteria mainly because it's specific to the large intestine and colon. People or women that have a lot of UTIs or yeast infections do better with a lot of more lactobacillus strains. And people that have a lot of diarrhea do better with a strain called S. boulardi or Saccharomyces boulardi, which is actually a probiotic yeast. And that one's actually really good for people with IBD as well, specifically Crohn's disease. So probiotics can be very helpful, but again, if bloating is your main concern and you're finding that you've tried a probiotic and it really made you feel worse, I wouldn't recommend trying a different one without speaking with a practitioner. Something you could try though, is trying to add in um, more fermented foods, which are a naturally occurring source of probiotic at a lower dose. And so kind of less likely to cause issues for you. So because this is a new year's based episode and I know a lot of people, you know, as part of their healing journey, they want to work on their gut, but they also want to lose some weight. Um, I want to make sure I mention that, yes, your gut bacteria does impact your metabolism. And even more so um, for those women who have developed um, autoimmune um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So this is a type of hypothyroidism where your thyroid is under-functioning. Your thyroid is your master of metabolism. And so if that's not working, you're not going to be able to lose weight. And I see a lot of clients becoming kind of an epidemic that have long-term chronic gut issues and end up developing Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune hypothyroidism. If you have not had your thyroid tested, especially if you've had children or you've recently gone through menopause, I really recommend getting that tested with a functional practitioner, including antibodies. Because if your doctor is only testing your TSH, that doesn't tell us whether um, you're making antibodies against your thyroid and whether you could have an autoimmune thyroid issue. It just tells us your thyroid, whether it's functioning or not. So a lot of people, you know, I've had clients that, for example, their doctor found that they were hypothyroid, but they don't often bother to check the antibodies and they simply put them on a medication called Synthroid, which is kind of like a thyroid um, hormone replacement. Some of them do a little bit better and then they may have a little more energy, but they still can't lose weight and they still feel very inflamed and just you know, their mood might be off, might be constipated. That's because a medication like that cannot correct the autoimmune component. Many autoimmune diseases are linked to imbalanced gut bacteria, which are causing systemic inflammation in the body and including the thyroid. So there's a whole cascade of things that go on that I'm not going to try to explain because it's quite complex, but just know that the two are connected and that if you don't address the systemic inflammation in the body, you're not going to be able to get those antibody, antibody levels down and control the hypothyroidism, even if you're on medication. So for these women, I do a lot of work on 
balancing the gut microbiome, getting their inflammation under control, managing their stress and sleep and mental health. Because when your nervous system is constantly in that fight or flight state, that's promoting more inflammation and your body's going to continue to attack itself. So I do a lot of work with these women um, and they find that as their inflammation comes down, their gut balances out, their sex hormones balance out, and they start to get their thyroid more under control, that's when they are able to lose some weight. So all of that aside, if you are someone that is struggling with weight and you don't have a thyroid imbalance, so you've been tested and that's all normal, um, it very well could still be your gut bacteria. It does play a huge role in metabolism. And the other thing I want to make clear is that um, oftentimes our body is always exposed to toxins, right? And we have to be able to detoxify them. What happens is many toxins um, end up in our fat cells. So our fat uh, cells are concentrated and hold a lot of toxins in them. And so if you're already having a hard time detoxing, which many people are that have gut issues. So I'll just back up and explain your detox organs are your gut, your lymphatic system, your liver, your kidneys, and your skin. If any one of those are backed up, so oftentimes it's lymph and gut um, in women that I work with, then it's going to show up in other areas, right? So they're going to have a hard time um, detoxing through their liver or they're going to have skin issues. Um, and so if your body's already having a hard time detoxing and has this high toxic load and a lot of inflammation, it's going to say, well, why would I open up and release these fat cells and break them down if there's so much toxins in there? I can't deal with that right now. I'm already having a hard time dealing with what's going on in general. So it's only once your body gets that inflammation under control and we get all the detox pathways working properly. So including regular bowel movements, you're sweating, you're doing some movement, everything's flushing out or supporting your liver function. Only once that starts to get balanced out, does your body say, okay, I think I can handle breaking down these fat cells now and releasing some of these toxins because I can handle that toxic load. I have the ability to detox that. So I, a lot of my clients find that as we work on their gut healing, they actually start dropping weight without dieting. So it's really, really promising. I've worked with women that said, look, you know, I've tried diets, I've tried CrossFit, and I've had this stubborn, you know, 10 or 15 pounds that just wouldn't come off. But once we started working together and our, my gut started balancing out after the first few months, I started losing weight without trying. So keep that in mind that your body is, is smart and it knows what it needs to do in a certain order. And there may be a reason that it's resistant to weight loss, right? Because it's aware that there's much more going on right now that your body needs to heal as the first step before it's able to deal with um, re releasing fat and having weight loss happen. That's it for me. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I hope you found it helpful and make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. If you really love the show, be sure to share the episode on social or leave a rating and review in your podcast app. If you're a longtime listener, you know what's up. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Fix Your Gut podcast with more science-based, digestible strategies for root cause gut healing so you can get your life back and enjoy food again. Chat soon.